Thinking about retirement? On today's show, we've got some keys that could lead you to the contentment you're looking for in your golden years. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can also check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. He is a fiduciary and has over two decades of experience. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm great, Teresa. How are you? I am great. I am great. So looking forward to getting into today's show. It seems like it's going to be a, a fun one. There's some, some interesting topics we're going to discuss. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep, yep. So picture this. You're retired, and I can I can definitely do this, and you wake up in a private villa in the Florida Keys with more money than you know what to do with. Uh, okay, now it's time to wake up. It sounds good, <laughs> but it may not be realistic. And yes, money is a big deal, but it's not everything. And we're going to outline a few secrets that actually could lead to a happy retirement. As we just said, money isn't everything. Yeah, no, you don't need an enormous amount of wealth to be happy in retirement. You need just enough. And what is enough? Uh, so we talk often on this show about well-defined goals, and we're going to delve into that in a little bit more detail in this show. Um, but many many people think that they want the same income in retirement as as they have when they enter retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a job that paid $100,000 a year, then you're thinking, well, you want to have $100,000 coming in when you retire. But that might be high um, or it could be low. And so what we want to look at is what the right amount of spending is for you. And we, the only way we can really do that is by crafting that well-defined goal. Uh, not only will you um, no longer have commuting costs and you won't be paying payroll taxes to Social Security. So that's kind of the thought process and why people think their costs might go down. Um, you're also not putting into your retirement account. So you might be shoveling into your 401k. However, you now have 40 to 60 hours a week um, of extra hours to fill in your day. And so if you've been home during this pandemic working from home, uh, we talk about this all the time. uh, Perhaps you've been grazing and and going to the fridge a little bit more often than you would if you were working out of the house. Um, And so the same type of thing happens when you retire. You have all these extra hours in the day and – depending on on you know what your activities are you know some people are fine going on walks and things that don't cost money Mm -hmm. but a lot of times you're going to end up going out more you're going to end up spending more so you know you definitely have to think about what your activities are going to be so you're not necessarily going to need the same amount of money uh pre-retirement you may need less you may need more uh in retirement it's all about lifestyle and being able to maintain it so remembering the little things, it's a valuable lesson that's been reinforced through the pandemic. So walking your dog 
enjoying a coffee, the newspaper, having dinner with your spouse. Those are the things that make us happy when we've had time off from work. Those are the things that are going to continue to make us happy in retirement. And those those activities cost no, next to nothing. Um, now, if you have a plan to take your grandkids on a cruise or you know, if you're going to be taking them to, you're going to get annual passes to Disney and the, the grandkids are going to come visit you more. Um, those types of things can actually increase the cost. So it's really about sitting down and figuring out what your retirement is going to look like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got to have a plan to figure that out and make sure, you know, it, it aligns with your your goals. And like you say, you don't have to have a ton of money. Um, and But the next one, you always hear this, make health a priority. If you don't have your health what good is what a couple million dollars it's just it's just pointless well yeah no and uh, we all know we all anecdotally know someone who you know saved their whole life and was you know disciplined and did all the right things and mm-hmm. um they you know they get a year into retirement and they have a massive heart attack and pass away right um so you know you, you want to make your health a priority you can't control your genes right so you can't control genetics um, so that's a, that's a huge part of how your health will hold up, but you can't, there are things that you can control. And we talk so much about kind of clusters of risk and how things spiral out of control. And we also talk a lot about how you enter retirement and, and how, so if you were laid off during the pandemic or furloughed, um, you could sit at home and be miserable about it and you could put on weight and, and not do things. And, um, you know, that can lead to poor health down the road. And so it's important that no matter how you enter retirement, that you enter it with as positive of an attitude as you possibly can. Because what can happen is, is if you allow yourself to get overly stressed or, um, you know, depressed about, about your situation, it can, it can spiral into health problems. And so, you want to make a plan to, um, especially this is important too, if you're downsizing or moving areas, to check out the medical facilities in the area that you're going to live in um, and how far away is a factor, right? So if you are going to move into some place remote, like a cabin in the woods, you want to know how far away that nearest um, that nearest healthcare facility is. Right. And so- um, you also want to consider what the quality of care is in the area that you're moving to. So um, basically you want to do your research. And the same thing is true when you're selecting your Medicare plans, right? So if you're selecting a supplement plan, you want to look at the medicines that you're taking currently and make sure that they're on the formulary of that plan so you're not paying extra for it. Um, you also want to think about the activities that you that you enjoy doing. Maybe you like to run or maybe you like to hike. You want to make a cognizant effort to to structure that into your day or to structure that into your week. So if you're a person who likes to go biking, you want to try and create that habit of going biking for a certain a certain amount of time every day because that's going to help both your mental health and your physical health. And uh, it also, obviously, we talk about the 40 hours a week that you have to fill. That obviously helps fill that 40 hours a week as well. And it makes your retirement a lot more fulfilling. And then you also don't want to procrastinate. So you want to take advantage of your go-go years and go. And so what do we mean by that? Well, when you craft a well-defined goal, you're going to have a quasi-bucket list or things that you want to do 
um, it's better to do those early in retirement. Why? Because your health is a known at that point. Um, later in retirement, if you keep pu pushing it off and pushing it off, you there may be something that comes up to where you can't do it anymore. And so um, all those things factor into the decision-making process. Absolutely. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995 is the way to get in touch with Steve. And next, and we saw this during the pandemic, we're still seeing it, relationships matter. You know, especially younger people, but even older people, suicide rates have gone up and people felt so cut off. And you don't need a pandemic to see this. You you do need to have relationships. So being social social animals as we are, it's so important. Right. No, we are we are definitely social animals. And the the, the as you mentioned, the pandemic has definitely reminded us all of that. Um, so, I mean, the, the important thing about relationships and one of the questions we always ask our clients is, who what are your social interactions going to be? So sometimes people have these grand plans and they'll say, you know, when I when I retire, I'm moving to Hawaii. And then one of my first questions will be, well, who do you know that lives in Hawaii? Right, <laughs> and so right. you're going to move to a place new where you're going to leave all of your friends and social relationships that you have maybe, you know, here in Florida, and you're going to go to Hawaii, um, you know, and maybe you're a surfer and maybe you want to go surfing and you're going to make friends out there, but you want to have a plan on to how you're going to make friends if you're going to a place, a new place where you don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. It also matters from a financial standpoint because when you're making your decisions about what your lifestyle is going to cost, um, you know, you're going to have to factor in if you're going to do more activities to try and meet friends, you're going to spend more money, right? Because you're going to have to go out more. You're going to have to join more groups. You're going to have to do a lot more things. And so um, these are all things that we we look at in, in when we when we put together a plan. Um, and so that's, you know, but it starts, that's the beginning conversation. That's the first thing is that's, crafting your well-defined goal. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked about health already, but I mean, obviously, if you um, don't have strong social support, it also can lead to depression, which can lead to higher blood pressure and an, an unhealthy BMI. Right. So. Right. Yeah. So it, social, being social is important. Maybe go out and volunteer somewhere. You can go to an animal shelter. I mean... <laughs> And that alone will bring us so much happiness. So, I mean, it's, there's so many different things you can do when it comes to uh, keeping social, keeping busy. And we've got to wrap up the segment with the last two, honing your vision and finding your purpose. Yeah, so honing your vision is, again, you know, thinking of really giving it thought. So a lot of, a lot of financial planners will just kind of give lip service to your goals. And they're not going to really put you on the spot. They might ask you things about like, well, you know, when if the market dropped twenty percent, what would you do? Well, that doesn't really have any factor in on on what your retirement's going to look like, and so you want to be you want to be really giving thought about all right, um, you know the old the old style of yellow pad. You know if you're if you're making a big decision, what are the positives? What are the negatives? Right, and so especially if you're making a big decision like moving or downsizing, um, you really want to give it thought. And think about what can go right and what what can go wrong, and then really envision your future. And then you kind of want to, you know, find your purpose or, you know, find your truth, so to speak, and 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 live it. And so um, do what what gives you satisfaction. I mean, you mentioned animal shelters. I 
just have I, I had a call with a client um, two days ago who is retiring and they're actually going to spend more in in retirement because uh, her and her partner are going to set up a um, animal rescue. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they they're going to go and buy acreage to to save dogs. And so but that's what they that's what they wanted to do. That's what they saved for. And mm -hmm. um, that was their purpose. And so that's that's these are all things that we put together in a financial plan and our our plans are comprehensive. And if you're one of the first 15 callers today, we're going to do that for you absolutely free. And uh, we're going to go through and help you craft a well-defined goal. We're going to ask you the right questions. We're going to show you based on what you want to do in your retirement, whether or not you're on track. And having that knowledge is key because if you know if you're on track, then all of your decisions that you're making, you, you're, they're, you're making them in the context of a plan. If you're not on track, then you need to make adjustments. But again, those you can see what those adjustments are doing for you. So that's that's a real benefit of having a plan. And we're going to do that. We're going to make that available to the first 15 callers. And that's 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees. It's common sense planning and straight talk. Instead of the financial double talk and a sales pitch, you might get somewhere else. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, you know, Steve's got more than two decades of experience. He is a fiduciary. He's got your best interest in mind. Give him a call right now. Put a plan together for you. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What's on the way next, Steve? Maxing out retirement savings. Investing strategically and claiming Social Security. All things to consider as we get close to retirement. There's one big planning mistake you need to avoid. Details when we come right back. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And Steve, he is a sought-after speaker. He's been brought in to train other advisors at some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies across the country. And he presents all around the country. And uh, he also and then the subject areas you deal with are estate planning, financial planning, health insurance, investment management. I can go on. There's every facet that you've got experience with. And uh, and that's important. And folks, he is a fiduciary fee only. That means he's not here to push product or to uh, earn a commission. He's here for your best interests. So you de definitely want him on your side. And a recent nationwide survey showed that 42% of current retirees made one major blunder in the course of planning. They didn't consider how taxes would impact their retirement income. Yeah, dread of taxes. So we're going to show how you can potentially avoid that mistake right now, how they could wreck your retirement. Yeah, you might assume that as a senior, you'll be entitled to a host of tax-free income, but that's not necessarily mm -hmm. the case at all. Okay. Um, in fact, here are a few key income sources that are absolutely taxable. Social Security. Um, so if you have Social Security um, and it's your only income source during retirement, then probably your benefits aren't going to be taxed. They look at something called countable income. Um, and we're going to delve into that in a little bit. But 
if those benefits only provide a portion of your total income, there's a good chance that up to 85% of your social security could be counted in your taxable income. So whether or not your benefits will be taxed at the federal level will depend on that countable income. And that's calculated by taking your non-social security income and your tax-free income. So if you have things like municipal bonds that are normally tax-free, that's included. And then half of your annual social security benefit. If your total is between 25,000 and 34,000 if you're single, um, and beyond 34,000, uh, so if you're in that 25 to 34 range, it's 50% and it's 85% if you're above 34. Now, if you're married, you would think, oh, well, maybe I can make 68,000. No, not the case. Sorry. <laughs> if you're married and you file jointly, you can make a combined, um, between 32 and 44,000 and only 50% of your benefits are taxed. If you make above 44,000 and you're married filing jointly up to 85%, of your social security is included. Um, plus there are also some states, Florida is not one of them, um, that will actually tax social security as well. So um, you can't assume that you'll get the income tax free is the, the point I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And not, not too much you're gonna get for free these days. And also uh, social security benefits, you kind of mentioned that, and some other things as well. Yeah. So the other the other next big one is the retirement plan withdrawals. Right. So if you opt to house your retirement savings in a traditional IRA or a 401k, then you should be prepared to pay taxes on your withdrawals. Furthermore, once you turn 72, you'll need to start taking minimum distributions or RMDs from your retirement plan. And those will be subject to taxes as well as you withdraw. If you'd rather avoid taxes altogether, then you can put your savings into a Roth. However, most people who are entering retirement right now, they haven't been saving in a Roth 401k because Roth 401ks are fairly new. Um, so chances are, if you've been doing retirement savings and you've been doing it and getting a deduction, that's a regular pre-tax 401k, and you will have to take withdrawals from them at 72. Um, Roth IRAs, obviously, and Roth 401ks are are a great source of tax-free withdrawals. Um, and it's not too late to start a Roth. Um, you can do that at any time. Um, the, the major benefit of the Roth is that the growth is tax-free. So if you are putting money into a Roth, it's not money that you're going to want to withdraw right away. You'd want to keep it in there for a few years, um, ideally 10, 10 plus years to let it grow. Um, the other thing that a lot of people have is regular investment income. Mm -hmm. And so if you have investments in a traditional brokerage account um, and you're getting, uh, say, interest from a bond, that's taxable. Now, if you're getting interest from a municipal bond, it's tax-free. A municipal bond is one that's backed by a municipality. Um, so if you have, say, uh, Florida bond, it's, it's tax-free. Um, or if you have a national municipal bond portfolio, it would be tax-free. If you sell stocks at a profit, you could be liable for capital gains. Now, if you're, and I, I 
ran into this a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, if you're one of these people who are trading in and out of stocks, and I, um, you know, had a client who uh, was recently furloughed, and he's picked up um, day trading, <laughs> and so, oh boy, <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, he he's only doing it with the you know money he can afford to lose, but mm -hmm. he's making, you know, uh, about a hundred trades a week. <laughs> and uh in his account and so all of those gains are obviously short term and so to the extent you make money you have to pay income taxes on that on the short term um if you are selling stocks that you've held for a long time meaning longer than a year uh those stocks are are treated as long-term capital gains mm -hmm. now there's a lot of trepidation right now about capital gains tax uh, because the current administration is considering raising the capital gains tax under the proposals that are currently um, being considered, that capital gains tax increase is not going to affect the majority of people. Um, but if you are a high income earner, um, it is possible that you could be paying a little bit more in capital gains tax down the road. Um, so how do you minimize the tax burden on your investments? First, you want to always hold stocks for at least a year and a day before selling them so that you get long-term tax capital gains treatment mm -hmm. um, rather than having it be short-term and taxed as income. And then you could consider investing in municipal bonds um, if you wanted to use bonds as part of your income portfolio. So in Florida, municipal bonds is not as big of an advantage as uh, New York. So for those of you New Yorkers that are happen to be down in Florida, um, <laughs> but still file taxes up in New York, um, municipal bonds definitely, uh, especially if you live in New York City, there's a triple tax advantage. Mm. But um, here in Florida, it's really just the federal tax. And so uh, the interest that you pay is, uh, the interest that you get is obviously tax-free, but again, it would be counted um, on, on whether or not your social security becomes taxable. And so what I know I threw a lot of information out at you just mm -hmm. now, but what does it all really mean? Sure. So what it really means is forgetting about your taxes in the course of your retirement plan puts you in a financially tight spot down the line. Um, <clears throat> you have to be sure that you're not only read up on the taxes you might face, but also aim to, to minimize those taxes. And you want to look at the unintended consequences. So sometimes, um, Real estate tax credits uh, can be linked to your taxable income. Your Medicare premium is linked to your taxable income. So if you have excess income in one year because you took a retirement plan distribution that was too large, um, it could cause you to lose real estate tax credits. It could cause you to pay more for your Medicare premium. Um, so there, you have to think about all of the unintended consequences too. And that's why it's really critical to put together a plan that's looking at your social security, that's looking at your taxes, that's um, that's doing all of those things. And so, for most of us uh, listening, I, I, you know, I would assume most of us are are Florida residents. But um, if any of you also live, or primarily, if your primary residence is in Colorado or Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana. Nebraska, New Mexico, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, or West Virginia, they're also going to tax you 
on your social security benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those would be what we call not tax-friendly states. And I'm just going to share a quick story on this because, you know, it's, again, it's the unintended consequences that really kill you. So you might plan, all right, well, I have a, if I take, you know, if I, if I live this lifestyle, I'm going to be able to pay this much in taxes. Well, sure, that could possibly work. So say you wanted to live on $7,000 a month, right? Um, that can work if you take it out, you take out from your assets in a measured way. When you take out from your assets haphazardly, it can cause you to pay a lot more in taxes. So I'll give you a perfect example. I had someone come to me who they were, they were wondering why they were paying so much in taxes. And they said, I, they came to one of, they came to a class that I had and they said, they said, can you help me? Can you create a plan for me? So I'm not paying this in taxes. I don't understand why I'm paying so much in taxes. Well, they had a variety of assets, but they were choosing to liquidate from their pre-tax retirement savings first. So rather than taking it in a measured way, they were taking it all from their 401k. And so they were, they were basically creating their $7,000 of income by taking a $10,000 a month distribution, which was $120,000 taxable. Now they had other assets. They had bank assets. They had Roth IRAs. They had other places where they could have controlled their tax bracket, but they didn't do that. And so what happened is their silent partner was Uncle Sam on the transaction. And so that's what we want to try and help everyone avoid. And so it's basically a think of it like a checklist, right? So um, you want to you want to understand what your social security is going to be. You want to understand your pension if you have it. You want to understand what your taxes are, and you want to you want to take that numerical part and overlay it with your goals. And that's something that we do in our financial plans. And we still have 10 spots available and we're going to make that available to you if you're one of the next 10 callers, uh, absolutely free. So we're going to look at social security. We're going to look at your goals. We're going to look at how much you're paying in fees on your investments. And we're going to put that all together in an easy to read, easy to understand format. And we're going to go through it with you. And there's absolutely no cost or obligation. And we're going to make that available to the next 10 callers. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. To find out what your investments are really costing you because of some high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call Steve right now. Phones are ringing, folks. You want to get a spot on Steve's calendar. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Steve is an advisor you could trust with over two decades of experience and is a fiduciary. Let him put a personalized, customizable retirement plan for you. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's straight ahead, Steve? Annuities can be a valuable tool in your retirement RSL if you choose them wisely and use them the right way. So there's no such thing as a bad product. There's, a lot of times it's just a bad fit. And when we come back, we're gonna give you five things you need to know about annuities to avoid potentially expensive mistakes. Okay. 
Thank you for spending some of your Sunday with us. You were tuned to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. You can check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. And he is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. So you've got experience with annuities. I always hear annuities is bad. It's, it's a bad word. Bad word. It's annuities. And, yep, you bring them up, you can often get an earful. Pros and cons. Um, but bottom line, if they're used correctly, they, they can complement your retirement portfolio. And there are a lot of moving parts and details that can be confusing. And that's why you want a trusted advisor on your side, someone who's going to help you sort out all the confusing things when it comes to annuities. So we're going to take a look at some things you need to know about them right now. Uh, the, one of the cons, you can't just back out. Yeah, so this is not annuities are not designed for money that you need liquid. Anything that you put aside, whether it's an annuity or a rental property or even a bond, if you're putting it aside to generate you an income, it needs to stay there. The principal needs to stay there. If you take the principal away, there's nothing producing you that income anymore. And so you have to look at annuities through that prism. So, But you're getting income guarantees from the annuity. So, But the trade-off is, in exchange for that, you're likely going to have to agree to keep the money there for a designated amount of time or wait before withdrawing more than a predetermined percentage. Most annuities are going to usually allow you to withdraw about 10%, but there are some that might only allow you to take out 5%. Some only allow you to take out your interest. So um, they come in a thousand different varieties and flavors. So you want to make sure that the person who's explaining the annuity to you goes through all the different features of that product. Because if you break the agreement or the contract, um, then and cash it out early, you could pay some penalties are up to 18%. So you could pay some pretty hefty fees. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to lose any of your money. So be careful with that. Also, too, don't confuse interest rates, withdrawal rates, and cap rates. Okay, this is something I definitely need you to <laughs> straighten out. Yeah, so this is this is uh, why why people get frustrated with annuities, right? Because there's so many moving parts. And a lot of times when we um, when we have something that's too complicated for us to really understand, or we just we just throw our hands up and we say, "All right," um, and that's fine as uh, if if you feel that way, but your advisor shouldn't feel that way, right? So if you're if you're getting a something from your advisor where you're asking them questions about how the annuity works, and they say, "I'm the expert, you just trust me, it's the right thing for you," then. That should be a red flag. <laughs> right. <laughs> that maybe, right. Maybe they don't understand it that well. Right. And so um, with anything complex, the person should take a good amount of time explaining to you all the all the relevant features. And the annuity sales process and the paperwork involved in buying an annuity, um, if the advisor is walking you through that, that the paperwork itself is designed so that the it forces the advisor to explain the um the, you know, to explain the annuity properly. So an interest rate is the percentage that you'll be credited to your principal. So the money you originally put in to the investment, that's what we're calling your principal. This rate changes depending on the type of annuity that you purchase. Um, and that can be a fixed interest rate if it's a fixed annuity. So if it's a fixed annuity, you're typically getting a stated interest rate. It might be 
3%, for example. Now, you could be getting that rate for a set period, say six years, and it will be the same 3% interest rate for the whole three years. Or some have what they call a teaser rate, where they might they might give you 4.5% the first year, but then by contract, they have the right to drop it down to as low as 1% in following years. Now, you're still committed to that contract, usually for six or seven or sometimes 10 years, um, but you got that big bump up up front. The other kind of feature in uh, more so in variable annuities and fixed index annuities is something called the guaranteed annual withdrawal rate. And this is the amount that a company will guarantee you uh, can take from your investment for the rest of your life. And so that's not the same as earnings. It's very important that you understand that distinction. Okay. So a lot of times an advisor will sell a variable annuity and they'll say it's guaranteed to get you 6%. Well, not exactly. That's not how it works. <laughs> and so um, with a variable annuity, and I'll just pick on Prudential for a second because that's kind of the one of the most popular ones. Okay. What that does is it it will grow your guaranteed base at um, a 5% rate off of your highest day. So if you're if the market does really well those first two weeks that you own it, then you're getting 5% off of that, that, that number and it continues to compound. But that number is a fictitious number in a sense because it's it's the base at which your inc your lifetime income is based off of. It's not money that you can go and pull out and withdraw. And so one of the big confusions that people have, and one of the one of the reasons why annuities get a bad rap unjustifiably, is because they get sold incorrectly. Someone doesn't explain that to a client, and they they see the number say they put in $100,000 and they see their benefit base number is 180,000 but their account value is 110 and they go to withdraw it cuz now they want to buy a house first of all the annuity shouldn't have been in the been sold in the first place if the money was earmarked for a house but we'll get into that a little bit later um, but the the they they're thinking they're getting 180 and no the 180 is is there for income purposes they can get a 5% income off of that 180 for the rest of their life, but they can't go and grab the 180. They can only grab the 110. So that's um, that's the guaranteed withdrawal rate. And then to further confuse matters, fixed index annuities have caps. So um, now a lot of them have uncapped strategies as well. But if you have a standard fixed index annuity, a lot of times you'll have a cap. Now where this comes into as a source of confusion is you don't need to be investment licensed to sell a fixed index annuity. And so a lot of times insurance agents will sell it, the product as an alternative to stocks. Fixed, fixed annuities are not designed to be an alternative to stocks. They're designed to be an alternative to bonds and income producing assets. And so they'll, the interest that you get is linked to the S&P 500, which is the stock market. But the stock market could go up 20% and you're getting credited 4% because that's the cap on the fixed indexed annuity. So you're getting the first 4% or the first 5%, whatever the cap figure is. It's usually somewhere between 2% and 7%, um, depending on the product. And any gains above that, you're no longer getting. So 
um, that's again an area where there's quite a bit of confusion. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. And just really quickly, obviously know the person offering your annuity is licensed and paid. Yeah. So um, always, always want to look at the type of advisor that you're dealing with, right? So um, different annuities have different bells and whistles. They also have different commission structures. And so you want to make sure whether you're dealing with an insurance only agent or a fiduciary advisor like myself, you always want to make sure you understand how that individual is being compensated and the process by which they they went about to make the recommendation. So if you're if your advisor in the way that we when we recommend an annuity, we're going to look to try and find the product that produces you whatever income shortfall you you have. Um, so if you needed say $1000 a month of income, we're going to look at not just annuities, we're going to look at all the different types of income vehicles. And we're going to find you the vehicle and it could be an annuity that produces you the income that you need for the fewest amount of dollars. And so we do the same thing within the annuity space. We run a report that will show you, all right, based on your income need, these are the three products that would produce it for the fewest amount of dollars. And here's how much dollars you would need to put in into each one. And I've made this analogy several times on the show, but I, I've been using it for years. Those total cereal commercials from the 80s, it's, I'd rather have the one bowl of total than 16 bowls of cornflakes, right? So right. it's the same the 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 same idea if you can if you can get the income you you need from one annuity and you would need three times that amount to produce the income in bonds then it's it, it's an easier decision and making those decisions and and looking at the products and working with someone that you can trust that's um these are all important things and this, this is what we do in our planning and we still have five spots available we're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution strategy for you. Um, if you're one of the next five callers, we will do that for ab absolutely free. And we're going to look at if you have an income shortfall, if you do have an income shortfall, what are the products that are right for you? Maybe you have annuities already and you don't understand them because the person didn't explain it properly. We're going to go through that with you. We're going to show you what you have. We try and have you so that you, when you walk out of that meeting, that if your children were to ask you, why do you own what you own? You can explain it to them. <laughs> and so um, that's one of the big sources of stress, believe it or not, with a lot of retirees who buy annuities is that a lot of times they'll have a 30 year old child that asks them, well, mom, why do you have an annuity? And they, they get all flustered and can't explain why they have it. And so it's not that they're bad products. It's just, you want to understand why you own them and you want to understand it and make sure it's the right fit for your situation. And that's what we're going to make available to the next five callers. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. First step is to sit down with a financial advisor. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it is tax planning, social security, it's annuities, or you just have that want that overall big picture. You want a second opinion, give Steve a call. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. If you just want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, call Steve and take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What is on the way next? Well, when we come back, we have some challenging questions from our listeners, and we've done our research and have the answers right after this.
Welcome back to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Chorizo Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Time now for listener questions. First up, we've got Emmett in Leesburg. He says, I've never rebalanced my portfolio. Because of this, I'm slowly acquiring more stocks through the years, but I'm making more money. Why does one rebalance other than if they can't stomach the risk? Is this the only reason people rebalance? Good question, Emmett. Um, so it's tempting when, you're, when your winners are winning to let them run, obviously. Um, so rebalancing the, is not only as a way to reduce risk, but it's um, the theory is, is that you know, if something has been doing a lot better than, than, than average, by you're taking out and you're selling high. So it's the old buy low, sell high. Um, so you're taking from the stocks that are winning and you're adding to the stocks that are losing at hopefully a lower price. And you're you're putting your portfolio back in line. Now, in terms of rebalancing into bonds like a um, a target date fund or something along those nature, where they where it's an age-based or an automatic rebalance, I'm not a big fan of those. Um but I do think if you um, if you have a portfolio of stocks um, and you're rebalancing within your stock portfolio, perhaps maybe you have um, some international or some small cap stocks, and the large cap has done significantly better, it, it can be advantageous. And we saw that um, firsthand, um, you know, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, when small cap and international really ran nicely. Whereas large cap growth, which had done so well, um, kind of lagged. And so rebalancing is, is something that can help your overall growth in your portfolio. Um, and it's, you know, it, it does a little bit more than just, it's not really just about stomaching risk. Stomaching risk is more along the lines of the target date fund, um, where you say you're going to retire in 2025 and it's automatically moving you more into bonds, which I, again, don't think is necessarily the best thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Next up is Craig in Sanford. He says, I'm 55 years old and I've been with the same company for about 15 years. I've always had a 401k and I'm taking advantage of the match. Now the company is offering a Roth 401k. Should I be contributing to that as well? And are there any disadvantages? So uh, Craig, let me start with your second question first. So the main disadvantage is that you're not getting a, the tax deduction in your paycheck. So you're all things equal, if you're paying into the Roth IRA, uh, as opposed to the pre-tax, your paycheck is going to be smaller if you're contributing the same percentage. So that's the main disadvantage. Now, that being said, there's a lot of significant advantages to doing that as well. And so um, when we when we talk about the Roth IRA, if it's money that is earmarked for much longer down the road, um, and I have no idea when you're looking to retire, but I mean, say, let's just say you wanted to retire at 65, that what you're doing by, by starting to do Roth contributions now is you're building up a tax-free pool of money that can be used in retirement. And what that ultimately does, Craig, is it gives you a heck of a lot more flexibility as to where your retirement dollars come from. And so I think it's a good idea um, to do that, but you have to make sure that you can stomach the drop in your paycheck because you're not going to be getting that tax deduction. Okay. All right. And we, next up, we've got Sophia 
and she's from Pine Hills. I'm currently 59 years old. I have no credit card debt, no children, and my house is paid off. My net worth is $500,000. At 62 years old, pension payments will be $3,000 a month. Social Security will be $2,000 a month. And I estimate my monthly expenses at $1,000 a month. I have three cats. I would like to retire at 62. Do you think I can? Well, Sophie, if I was looking purely at those facts that you just gave me, then of course you could retire. But I think it warrants a lot more questions than what um, – and you know, than what you're, you're giving me in terms of information. And, and the reason I think that, and I see this all the time is that you are, I think, dramatically underestimating your retirement expenses. Um, it's very difficult, even with no mortgage or no credit card debt to live on a thousand dollars a month. And, um, if you have $5,000 a month coming in, in income between social security and pension payments, um, I would, I would tell you to live a little bit, <laughs> um, you know, so um, that's, that's, I think, an unnecessary belt tightening. Um, what you want to do is really give some thought as to what you want your retirement to look like. Uh, you worked all this time, you built up that pension, you built up the retirement savings um, to sit there and just stay at home with your cats all day. Um, you know, that might be what you want to do. But I mean, there's probably some other things if you really give it some thought that you want to do. And, um, I would say that that expense figure is, you know, even if that was accurate, which I have a hard time believing that it would be, um, because it's so little. Um, but even if that was, even if that was accurate, I would, I would say to, to put a little bit more thought that there's probably some other stuff that you could be doing. And if, if really that's your lifestyle, that you're only going to live a thousand dollars a month and that's, that's what you want. And, um, you know, then you have to be thinking logically about um, who you want to actually leave your money to, because you're going to have a lot of extra money at the end of your retirement when you pass away. And so um, you didn't mention anything about a family other than the three cats. So I don't know if there's if the ASPCA or there's some charity um, that you want to benefit from your money, but there there are tax deductions that you could get currently um, if you know who your money is ultimately earmarked for, if that's really your goal. But I think you probably want to spend a little bit more time fleshing out your goal. But great question, Sophia. Okay. All right. Number to call Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Next up is Florence in Bushnell. My husband wants to borrow $50,000 through a home equity loan to invest in some stock that he hopes will earn a 4% return. We have a 15-year mortgage that we are five years away from paying off. My husband feels like home ownership is a liability and would prefer to sell our house and rent rather than own. Is it a good idea to borrow against our home to invest in stock or should we invest in real estate? We're both 55 years old and plan to retire at 65. So this is a kind of complicated question, Florence. And so I, it's, it's shocking to me because I've had this same situation. I've had this question come up too, where people view their home ownership as a liability and they say, well, I'd be better off renting. Well, I think what you really need to do is is sit down and, and come to a kind of a, a joint understanding of what you want your retirement to look like and where you want to live first off. So if if the plan is ultimately you're going to be selling the house and downsizing to something smaller um, to where, you know, that $50,000 debt is not going to be a big deal um, because it's going to get paid off by the sale of the house, 
then it, it, it could make sense. Um, but typically, we don't usually advise borrowing money to invest in stocks because while stocks should hopefully outpace the interest that you're paying on the loan, it's a it's still a it's an unnecessary risk. Um, so I don't I'm not a big proponent of 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 gambling with money or investing with money that's not yours. Um, so if you're borrowing money to to invest, um, I don't I don't necessarily think it makes sense. It, if your plan is to sell your house and say your house is worth five hundred thousand and you're selling it for you're going to buy a place for two hundred thousand because you're going to downsize. Um, that fifty thousand dollar debt is not is going to be inconsequential, and it gets you into the stock market a little bit earlier with money that probably is ultimately earmarked for the stock market. In that situation, um, I would agree. I would agree with your husband. Um, if you're selling your house and then going to rent, um, again, same thing, same premise applies because um, you're going to want to own some stocks with the proceeds from the sale anyway. Um, so you could get a little bit of a jump start on that uh, by by doing the home equity, but uh, you really have to think about where what you want to do. If your plan is to stay in the home, then I would say don't take out an additional debt. So, um, kind of a long winded answer, but it's a, it's a situation that there's a couple right paths or wrong paths that you could take. Mm-hmm. What we're going to look at when we do plans, and we see this all the time, Teresa, is that people are getting are in situations like Ryan's where they're paying an advisor, typically like a bank, a bank representative, one and a half percent, and then they're buying them all mutual funds, um, which are one percent. And now they're paying two and a half percent and it's on two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars and they're getting really no service other than a fancy, uh, a fancy statement. So one of the things that we do in our review is we, we show you in dollars what you're paying in fees and that we still have three spots available. Um, and so we're open, you know, the phone lines are still open and, um, we will put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And we still, like I said, have three more spots left. Okay. And that number to call Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Again, this is a excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review you call in, you're going to get a roadmap. It's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, the roadmap, the review, it's going to show you where you need to be for a successful financial future. In short, you have nothing to lose. Take the stress out of planning for your future. Call Steve right now. Again, that number, one last time, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. As always, it's been a pleasure, Steve. I learned so much. I'm looking forward to next weekend already. Yeah, see, see you again next week and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. All right, see you right back here next weekend for the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve Caruso. 